This episode of Dear Hank and John is brought to you by Blue Land. Did you know that uh, about 5 billion, billion? That's a de- I checked that because that's a lot. Plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles are thrown away every year. And if that's not bad enough, most cleaning formulas are 90% water, which is heavy. We're shipping around all this water using fuel when we don't have to. Every year, Americans throw away 25% more trash from Thanksgiving to New Year. This year, maybe turn the New Year's resolution into action that makes a difference by switching to Blue Land. Blue Land is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and the planet with the same powerful clean you're used to. It's a simple idea. They have refillable cleaning products. They have a nice design. I have them in my home. It looks nice on your counter. You fill the reusable bottles with water, drop in the Blue Land tablets, wait for them to dissolve, and you never have to grab bulky, heavy cleaning supplies on your grocery run ever again. And refills, because they're small and you don't have to ship a bunch of water across the country, starts at just $2.25. You can even set up a subscription or buy in bulk for additional savings. From cleaning sprays to hand soap, toilet bowl cleaner, and laundry tablets, Laundry tablets, everybody, you know what I mean. All Blue Land products are made with clean ingredients that you can feel good about. Blue Land is trusted in over a million homes, including, yeah, mine. Blue Land has a special offer for listeners right now. You can get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash dearhank. You won't want to miss it. Blueland.com slash dearhank for 15% off. Again, blueland.com slash dearhank to get 15% off. Dear Hank and John. Nor as I prefer to think of it, Dear John and Hank. It's a podcast where two brothers answer your questions, give you debuse advice, and bring you all the week's news from both Mars and AFC Wimbledon. John, I've heard a lot of people saying that that camo pants are really attractive, but I just don't Mm -hmm. see it. Oh, because it's invisible. Yeah. I didn't like that joke, and that's why you didn't hear me laugh. But in the interest of full disclosure, I feel that I should also reveal that Mm. um, right now— you remember one of my oldest friends, the Peruvian novelist, Daniel Alarcón? Yeah. Well, Daniel is a huge fan of, of the Peruvian national soccer team, of course. Okay. And right now they are in a one-game playoff. Know where we're going, but okay. Oh, with okay. With Australia to decide oh. which of these two teams will go to the World Cup. You're not allowed to watch football while we make a podcast. Is I'm that not where we're going? watching okay. football while we make a podcast, but okay. it is on in the background. <gasps> Hmm. You have what my am I to full you? and undivided attention. Well, okay. All right. First off, Hank, you cannot very well say what am I to you when when we talk on the phone, I hear the sound of you typing not 20% of the time, not 60% of the time, but 99% of the time. It's like talking to a court reporter. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Cher tweeted something really funny, Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then there, like, it's so obvious when Hank is doing something else when he's ta- talking on the phone because he's such a poor multitasker that it'll be like six or seven seconds later, w- fully, when he says, yeah. So well, I'll be like, Ka- Catherine I'll is be, very well, aware of this. Well, she'll, she'll say something and then it'll be like, I'll be like 30 seconds later. I will say, yeah. I will respond to it. But I will, re- yeah. like, I will know what she said. It just took that long to get through. I think it's important for you to know, Hank, that Catherine is very aware of this and I am very aware of it. Oh, yeah. And also, everyone you know and love is very aware of it. Mm -hmm. There's nobody who doesn't know about it. And we do talk about it. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. This is a this is a little bit like when I said um in passing to someone at my publisher that I love a hotel mini bar and they said, "Oh yeah, we know." <laughs> <laughs> wow. Do you, are you do you are you allowed to say that? I was like, "Oh, I have a reputation." And they were like, "You, you know, yeah. Everybody knows you love a mini bar. You love those peanut M&Ms at the mini bar? Oh gosh, I do love peanut M&Ms. Well, your publisher knows. John is very tired right now. I am I am very tired. The Turtles All the Way Down movie just wrapped. It was a lot of night shoots, so it was 5 p.m. to 5 a.m. working, and then I would come home to my Airbnb at 6 o'clock in the morning and make a frozen pizza and stare into the middle distance and try to sleep and fail and then go back to set, and that's mm-hmm. how we got to now. I am also very tired because I went to a Brandy Carlisle concert in Washington State. It was a five-hour drive. Mm. We drove there, got there just in time for it to start. Uh, it was the longest set she's ever played. There were three opening acts, including Sarah McLaughlin. So it's not like they were like bad, but wow. there was, it was a it was a long show. We're also yeah. in a different time zone. Got had to get to the campground to set up our tent at like one o'clock in the morning. That was done. Oof. We were asleep by two. Uh, and then we were back on the road to get home at uh, 6.30. <laughs> mm. so that was maybe, maybe uh, you know, look, we did it. It was a lot of fun. We had a great time. We got very goofy on the car ride home because of how sleep deprived we were. And we made it safe. So that's all you can ask. We had a great time. That's all you can ask for. I also had a great time on the Turtles All the Way Down movie set. It was one of the most fulfilling professional experiences of my life. It was just incredible. And I was so... And remain just so grateful for it. It was really, really special. I hope the movie is good. I think it will be. But even if it's not, I have that memory. And yeah. it was uh, it was really extraordinary. The work that the cast and crew did, the commitment that they had, the number of people who took me aside during the filming to say that they also live with OCD or other mental health problems and that this story meant a lot to them. It was just really, really special. So... Really excited for it to come out and for everybody to see it, hopefully. I don't know when or how it'll come out. Um, I don't know how I don't know how we watch movies now. How do movies so, work? Yeah. I don't know. It'll John. either be like Top Gun and you can only see it in a theater, or it'll be like everything else and you can see it literally anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I think probably it'll be a little less like Top Gun. You're being very sweet I, just then, and I, I want to say that it's making it harder for me to imagine punching you in our YouTuber boxing match. Oh, yeah. Okay. So this is this is a big thing. Hank and I have been really thinking hard. We we saw the success of the creator clash. Mm-hmm. And Can't, yeah. one thing you should know about me and Hank is we are not above copying someone else's success. <laughs> it was, it was, was, uh, did somebody do something? That is, that is in many ways, the foundational concept of our yeah. entire careers. And also is, all of human culture, just for clarity. <laughs> Maybe, but we are not originators. We simply aren't. And we saw the success of this creator clash where all these YouTubers boxed against each other. Mm -hmm. And I immediately was like, Hank, we should box against each other. People will love it and it will raise a bunch of money for partners in health. And Hank Mm -hmm. was like, that's a terrible idea. And I was like, is it? It is. I know it's a terrible idea, but there's still a little part of me that's like, is it? Is it? Actually, John, I, I wanted wanna... to st- I wanted to start this this uh, this podcast with a boxing joke so we could go straight into this conversation, but yeah. I just I could not think of a good punchline. <laughs> now, see, I liked that one. <laughs> 
I like that one because it reminds me of how much I want to box you. Because I don't have any, I don't have any desire. I genuinely like deep down in my heart, no matter how deep I dig, I don't find any desire to hit you. You know, right? I yeah. just don't. Well, I, just I mean, don't I did. Have I have punched you in the face, but I think it was it was once when you were being mean yeah. to me over at Nick's house. Oh yeah, and, it was like uh, thirty-one years ago. That was a while ago. <laughs> I had braces because you like cut your hand on my I braces. Did. I think I have a little scar on my finger. And by the way, if we do a boxing match, you can rest assured I will be getting braces just for the occasion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, so I think that there is something here. Yeah. And I, I think was here's- I was surprised I by Hank being like, Hmm. I think that you would I thought punch, you would just reject it out of hand. The, the problem is that like, no, like you are starting at a higher level of baseline fitness than I would be starting at if we did some training. I don't know that that's true. I think it's definitely true. Just because I've become less fit and you have become more fit over the last five years. I think that you could punch through me like uh, like I'm a just a piece of baked Like goods. a hot knife through butter. <laughs> uh, just, but here's what I want to do. I would just like do. go right through Hank's midsection I, and like it would be like in the video game Mortal Kombat where like the fist comes out the other side. Right. I'm worried yeah. about that. I'm concerned yeah. about that. So you I, shouldn't be. I think, <laughs> that, <laughs> I think that I want to be able to tag yeah. a, another YouTuber. Mm. So for like when I'm feeling like maybe I got a li- like a little bit too many whaps. Wait, you don't want to tag somebody good, do you? I want because to tag Tyler be... Oakley. Okay. Well, Tyler is very strong. He's very fit. So, he's fit, he's very but he's fit. smaller than you. Yeah. If you can tag Tyler Oakley, I need to be I need to have a tag team person as well. And I would lean toward a sort of Hannah Hart type of figure. <laughs> somebody it's impossible to punch. Somebody no who's one fast, could ever be mean to Hannah. That's the fast that's and the ferocious sh- and really kind. Yeah. Um, really like lovely hearted. So that yeah. you just feel horribly you guilty. You can't do it. You can't do it. Yeah. But no matter, also, no matter how many times Hannah can punches punch. you, you can't, you can't return a punch. It's just I mean, it's too mean. One thing I'm absolutely sure of is that both Hannah and Tyler would dominate us in a boxing match. Like it wouldn't even last a round. Yeah. On the other hand, uh, yeah. without the benefit of the physical fitness uh, that training would provide, I am into the idea of just having it be a purely academic event. Boring. Who's going to be a pay-per-view viewer of YouTuber Quiz Bowl? Well, maybe there's like something that happens to you when you get it, when you get a wrong answer. I mean, do you get punched in the face? Because that's what the people want to see. There's a boxing glove (laughs) in the podium. And as soon as you get it wrong, it just pops right out of there. Like with those like uh, little thingies, the crossways hinges. You know what I'm talking about? One of those? Yeah. 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 But I'm, I would argue if you're going to do that, just box. Like, if you're going to get punched in the face by a machine, just get punched I, in the face by a person. I would so much rather get punched in the face by a machine. I love the idea. There's a lot of reasons why. I, I First off, I don't think we should do this. Like, really, <laughs> realistically, if I dig all the way down, yeah. I don't think we should do it. Mostly because I don't want to be shirtless. Yeah. There is no part of me that thinks that we should do this. I mean, there's there is a little news. part of me. There's no okay. rational part of me that thinks that we should do this. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, but... But yeah, someone in our Patreon live stream that we did right before this for Dear yes. Hank and John said that the tagline for our boxing match could Wait, be- Wait, before I give you the tagline, can I give yeah. you the name? It's give called, us the name. It's called Clash Course. Clash Course. Clash Course. And then the tagline is, gloves on, glasses off. <laughs> 
I mean, the, and then it and then it starts to sound like a good idea. This is the power of a name, I, the power of branding. I know. I'm like, we should not do this. However, Clash Course <laughs> Clash colon course. Gloves, gloves on, on glasses that. off might be worth getting beat up for. <laughs> as long as <laughs> as long as t-shirts also on. Yes, t-shirts, one hundred percent. There's no way I'm going shirtless in a boxing ring. Unless of, we train for like a sentence. year, and then maybe <laughs> we like, and we're like, hey, uh, we we make that we make that like classic video where we're like, hey, fam. So I'm gonna have to take a little time away from the YouTube's because uh, I got to focus on my big boxing match. Yep, uh, as you may know, I'm hey, boxing. Fam. <laughs> <laughs> my it's it's what I live for. It's what I live and breathe. It's the only thing yeah. that keeps, gets me up in the morning. I'm actually leaving my family to move to Miami to train 10 hours yeah. a day, six days a week for the next year. So you're not going to see me, but you can pre-order the fight right now. I'm so into review. boxing. I live and breathe boxes. I sniff boxes. <laughs> I'm, live, I'm, I'm spending my nights in a box. I've got a box in I my room. Days, I'm in the gym. Nights, nice. I'm at the cardboard factory I'm making box. boxes. <laughs> That's how much I care about boxing. There is no <laughs> boxing I don't love, okay? I love boxing, I love unboxing, I love reboxing. <laughs> I take things out of boxes, I put them back in the box. While I'm doing That's it, I think about your face. With my, with my box in it. Training. Everybody knows that's a huge part of the training. In the same way that, like, there's a little part of me that thinks I would be a good boxer just because I was the booklist boxing reviewer for yeah. six years. So, like, uh-huh. there's part of me that's like, well, I have read a lot of books on the subject. I know I know what it's about. I know a lot of the strategies. I know a lot of the characters. I I, I know so many late 19th century characters. So I, I I feel like I could give myself a good nickname just from knowing like the nicknames right. of all the 19th century boxers, like the Freckled Wonder. Oh, wow. The Freckled Wonder. What is yeah. John Green? The Bespectacled Spectacle. I think- <laughs> that just came to me. Spe- John the Spectacle Green. <laughs> I love it so much. I want to be the spectacle so bad. Oh God, now we have to do it. John the Spectacle Green. I love it so much. Yeah. John the Spectacle Green faces off one night only live at Madison Square Garden. Why not go big, Hank? Okay. Against Hank the Green Giant? The, the Green Giant. The Jolly Green Giant, because I'm pretty happy. Hank, I'm a little bit bigger jolly than you. Green Giant Green. Yeah. That's the other thing. We're going to have to set some rules because you are a little taller than I am. But we're pretty much in the same weight class. Like, I think yeah. we could do this, Hank. I thought we're definitely the same weight class. I mean, we're both moving up, but. <laughs> That's true. I'm definitely no longer a light heavyweight. All right. This was this was fun. I don't think we should do it, but I kind of do. But I don't. But a little bit of me does. Let's answer some questions from our listeners. This first question comes from Chris, who writes, Dear John and Hank. This might be a dumb question. I, I don't know, Chris. I don't know the answer, so it's not that dumb. But why is the internal of the Earth still molten? Like, I get that it's not pure molten as you go down, but isn't like two-ish billion years enough time for the planet's heat to dissipate? That heat's got to go somewhere, right? Or am I just vastly underestimating the time it takes for the Earth to cool down? Yeah. Not the main character from the 1996 movie, The Quest, Chris. I mean, there's a lot of Chris's. 
I know that's uh, not the first. So that one, that one particular Chris is not the first one that would have come to my mind. In fact, I don't know what that is. I would have said not Thor or possibly his brother. I can't tell them apart, comma Chris. Um, well, there's so many. There's so, but there's Chris. You could have said Captain America, Star Lord, and Thor. All Chris's. Also, Santa Claus is a Chris. Like you, there's a lot of Chris's out there that you could have gone with. And yet, I've just googled the the quest, and it is a Jean Claude Van Damme movie. So not I'm only sure is it's it a Jean Claude Van Damme movie, it was directed by Jean Claude Van Damme. I'm, you know, I bet he did a great job. He knows his abilities and toolkit um, better than anyone else. Not according to critics. I, <laughs> <laughs> at, at one point, he does appear to be dressed as a mime, which is a bit of yeah. a bit of a shock, considering the rest yeah. of the screenshots from the movie. I'm pretty proud of the which fact. Are all very, very orange and oily. Pretty proud of the fact that the Paper Towns movie did significantly better than Jean Claude Van Damme's directorial debut, and that with nothing against. Mr. Van Damme, of course, I know he's a big fan of the pod. Hank, why is the Earth still molten? A few different reasons. Um, first of all, the Earth, the, the crust is a pretty good insulator. So, like, space is out there, but it's not easy to get the heat through the crust and in, in radiating out into space. Um, so, it is cooling off. It will eventually solidify. Uh, I don't know if that will happen before or after the sun consumes us. And if it's after, it wouldn't eventually solidify. But, like, if you just sort of left the Earth on, on its own, it would eventually... Uh, be a solid block of uniform temperature. The mm. things that are keeping the earth warm are the insulation, but also a couple of things that are adding heat. They will not add heat forever, but they are adding, adding heat right now. One of them, a, a, a contributor, but not the main one, is the radioactive decay of elements. So they are mm -hmm. just like radioactive elements decaying, that creates heat. Um, yeah. And eventually that process ends because all of the radioactive stuff decays. The other is that... Um, densities are unevenly distributed in the planet and have been so since the formation of the planet. So heavier stuff is falling toward the core. Lighter stuff is moving upward. And as that happens, it creates a lot of friction. And that mm. has is a main, is a large contributor to the heat of the interior of the earth is mm. um, just stuff sliding past its itself as the sort of like peanut buttery quality of the interior of the earth um, all of the, the heat creates like sort of not really liquid, but not solid rock that is moving around a lot in there as it's trying to reach its final confirmation of most of the dense stuff being in the very middle, which is already, already the case, but it's not sort of fully uh, regulated by density from the middle to the outside yet. So is that what happened to Mars? Did like eventually it stop being geologically active because... <laughs> All that stuff happened. Yeah, it, the the theory is that since Mars is a little bit smaller, it what it was not as good at hol holding onto its heat, and that shut mm. down plate tectonics, which probably means that there's still you know we're not entirely sure. It's hard hard to figure it out, but that there's still some like areas of it's certainly hot in the inside of Mars, and there's still some areas of of like molten stuff in Mars. And mm. that there could still be someday a volcanic eruption, maybe again on Mars. Um, though it certainly it looks like Olympus Mons is quite dormant. But the most mm. recent eruption was not so long ago that you would consider it, you know, an impossibility that would happen again. I'm always really fascinated to read historical accounts of volcanoes. 
Like mm, yeah. around the emergence of the Black Death, there were a lot of active volcanoes and people were like, as you can tell from the position of Jupiter and whatnot in the sky and these volcanoes, that's why we had a plague. But volcanoes must have been, so, I mean, they're still super Ugh. weird, right? Like yeah. the earth is spewing hot molten lava out of itself. That mm -hmm. is a weird phenomenon. If you pitched it in an alien world, I think a lot of the aliens would be like, I don't like it. And it doesn't seem realistic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's it's like why why would you bring that horror movie stuff to my perfectly yeah. pleasant mindscape? That's but, how I feel. That's how I feel uh in an earthquake. I'm like, I've heard about this, but it does yeah. not seem like something that should happen. I do not like earthquakes. Yeah. I do not like them. Um I I I I do not enjoy an earthquake. I can vividly remember every earthquake I have lived through and I didn't enjoy any of them. Yeah. Yeah, hear that. But at least we know kind of what is happening, right? Like, I right. guess they also thought they knew what was happening, but like, it must have been so weird. So weird. John, this next question comes from Corey, who asks, Dear Hank and John, I order pizza once or twice a week, and uh, it's always the same guy who delivers it. He's very nice. And because I'm a regular, he throws on an orange soda for me for free. That's amazing. I appreciate his generosity, but I do not like orange soda. <laughs> Like, at all. However, yeah. I feel I can't really tell the delivery guy that, since I have been accepting all of these free drinks, and my fridge is now about half full with orange sodas. <laughs> <laughs> Any advice on how to proceed would be much appreciated. Orange crushed, Corey. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah, well, I think that Corey's missing out on the obvious solution here, right? Which is that Corey's like, I don't like orange soda. But I would submit, Corey, that you don't like orange soda yet. Oh, well, look, I don't I don't know that I need to, at this point in my life, develop a taste for other things that are not healthy. Like I've got, well, I like enough unhealthy stuff to be like, I'm going to develop a taste for this particular way to get a lot of high fructose corn syrup into my body. I don't yeah, need I hear that. I hear that. I think you have a few options that don't involve falling in love with orange soda. Although I will say, when I was on the set of Turtles All the Way Down, uh -huh. one day they ran out of Diet Mountain Dew. And oh, did Watch I throw out. a fit and say, I am the producer. And if you don't have Diet Dr. Pepper, <laughs> you sure as heck better have Diet Mountain Dew. No, I drank <laughs> zero calorie sun-kissed orange soda. <sighs> and it was oh my amazing. Unfortunately, it was great. It wasn't Diet Dr. Pepper great, but it was great. Okay, so John likes it. I think what you need and what we all need is yeah. a friend who likes orange soda. That's true. We all do need that. And then and then you'd be like, I got a lot of orange soda in the fridge. You want to come over and play um, Call of Duty? What did people do? Yeah, <laughs> that's what people do. I think that's the main thing they do. Do you want to play the new season of Night Fort? Question mark? Question mark? That sounds like fun. Um, What's that? I think it's Fortnite, but with oh, just reversed. Oh, wow! Night Fort would be great. D we could come over, have orange soda, watch <laughs> our flag means death. Yeah, I think that you should make a Craigslist ad, and the Craigslist ad should read as follows: <laughs> Hey, what's up, y'all? No, let me start over. Hey, how y'all doing? So listen, um, I'm Corey, and uh, I'm Corey. And I got a lot of orange sodas in my fridge. <laughs> and about a about a quarter of yesterday's pizza. And I'm in need of a new friend. 
This is a bad idea. I don't like any searching doing it. In search of people who like orange soda and Corey. Here's some other things I like. Here's just a list. Somebody's got you know somebody who likes orange soda, and maybe they will trade you and they will give you a Coca-Cola in exchange oh, because everyone likes Coca-Cola. It's I love brilliant, that idea. but it's not that Using interesting. It. No, it is interesting. I really like it. No, because eventually you Ooh, trade the orange soda idea. up for a house. <laughs> and then you give the house to the delivery driver. Oh! So you cha- you you trade your orange yeah. soda for like I don't know, like a Rolex. That's probably a little <laughs> ambitious. I don't know how many orange sodas you have though. Maybe somebody's in the market. It's a really be- busted up Rolex. <laughs> it's a really busted up Rolex. But then you uh, get it repaired, and then right. you trade that for a car, and then you trade that car for her, a little house, and then you give the house to the delivery driver and you say like, I didn't know how else to repay you for all that orange soda. So I got you this house. Maybe the delivery driver likes orange soda and he wants to come over. Yes. Maybe you are supposed to be friends. <laughs> like, you know, we get along well and I, I, I get the impression that you think people like orange soda. <laughs> that probably comes from your own personal interest in orange soda. And so do you also like Old Call reruns of, of The Tick. <laughs> sure. Great. I think we solved your problem, Corey, on a bunch of different levels. Hank, before yeah. we get anywhere further, I uh-huh. need you to know something, which is that there are two listeners to this podcast. We answered their question like a month ago, mm-hmm. and they took our answer and the part where we say their name, and they went to Build-A-Bear, which is an American store where you can make a teddy bear essentially from scratch. And they built a very cool Build-A-Bear that plays as its one song, us talking and answering their question. Cute. It's like a Teddy Ruxpin, but with our voices. That makes me very happy. I I was just thinking, I was thinking about the the old days when uh, that kind of thing made it to our ears more easily. And it felt like, uh, Felt like we were sort of constantly collaborating with a lot of people, and it feels a little yeah. less that like that now. But I think a lot, a big part of that is that people just don't. We, that information doesn't make it to us as often. Yeah, I think it makes it to me more often because I have more time to read emails and less have to be the boss. But you're right; um, it, it's it's really lovely to hear that kind of thing, though. Uh, So thank you for listening to the pod and responding to it in such a a deep, cool way. I have a question for you, Hank. It's from Anonymous, who Mm -hmm. writes, Dear John and Hank, I'm a high school literature teacher, and occasionally a kid will fail my class. And then that kid will still want me to sign their yearbook. And I have no idea what to do with that space. Like, I want to be funny and encouraging without coming across like a sorry you failed throw pillow. I genuinely like these kids, and I want them to leave knowing that they'll be okay and that they still have a lot to contribute to the world, even if they didn't like the scarlet letter. But that's a lot to put in a yearbook inscription. So what would you write? It's the end of the year, and I'm too tired for a personalized sign-off. Anonymous. Anonymous, you're a school teacher, and what you got a lot on the plate. And so what you got to write is stay chill. Thanks for being a part of our school. Bye. Thanks for taking thanks for taking my class. Never Sorry change. You didn't pass it. <laughs> Keep in touch. <laughs> I feel like I can answer this question uniquely well since I failed junior English. <laughs> so yeah, like, what I are feel your, like what this, did your teachers write? This question was made for me. Uh-huh. Um 
That's what they said, basically. And that's, I loved, I loved this question because the part where you say you will be okay and you have lots to contribute to the world. I think that's it. I think that's what you say. That's beautiful. Even if you didn't, you can even say, even if you didn't like the scarlet letter, what my teacher said to me was, you know, you failed this class because you didn't show up enough and you didn't do enough of the work, but you are a talented kid. You just need to learn how to do the work. And that was what I needed to hear. Like it's, it's, it's a tough lesson. It was painful. It was scary. I ended up passing the class with a D because I uh, did work over the summer um, that allowed Mm. me to like finish and get my diploma and everything. And like, but it was, it was, it sucked. It's a bad feeling to like, especially if you like writing, you know, like it's especially a bad feeling. Um, But I also needed somebody to hold me accountable. I needed somebody to tell me like, you can do better work than you're doing right now. Do you want to read a couple of things that are written in my high school yearbook? John? Sure. Yeah. Read them to me. I didn't, no one signed my high school yearbook. That wasn't a thing at my school. Um, Hank, I just, oh, wow. Well, I can't read that one. (laughs) Okay. Great. (laughs) Sorry. I want Uh, ones from people I don't know. Like, I don't want to hear what your best friends who I'm still buddies with said. I want to hear like what your 732nd best friend said. Well, I don't know who this person is, but uh, they said, Hank, thanks for a great year in history. You made it truly memorable. Your, quote, inaudible comments and interesting thoughts were so funny. Great. So that's- Was that I've a classmate been, or the teacher? Apparently I've been that guy the whole time. Was that the teacher? That was, I believe, a classmate. This was, well, Hank, I don't know if I already signed or where, but it doesn't. And that's the whole, <laughs> that's the whole thing. They were like, I want you to be the kind of person for whom I finish sentences, but. Uh, this person who I can't read their signature said, sup, Hank, it's been a it's been a good year. Yada, yada. I don't know what yada, yada means. Oh, you y- don't? Y-O-T-T-A, not yada, yada, but yada, yada. Oh, yota, yota. Yota, yota. Yota, Probably yota. Probably just means yada, yada. <laughs> it's been a good year. Yota, yota. Yota, yota. <laughs> Even yada yada doesn't, it's not really a yada yada moment. Like, it's this, been a good year. Oh yada, my God, yada, John. This Joey. one says, Dear Gene, been a pretty oh. spiff year. <laughs> oh, Just didn't have the right one. Didn't have the Are right you sure? one. Was your nickname Gene? No, definitely oh. not. Wow. Definitely not. You've got some, you've got some duds. <laughs> yeah. What's up, Hank? It was fun being with you in classes this year. Have a high summer, David. Mm. What do you mean, David? I know Just a like a real good too. one? <laughs> no, I know a David. I know David's hobbies. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, uh, there's, there's. It goes on. It goes on. Um, this one is from Leon, who says, "Hank, how are you? You're a pretty cool guy and a good person. Thanks for letting me rest my head on your shoulder in my time of need." Oh, that's very sweet. That is nice. I feel like you let me rest my head on your shoulder in my time of need. It's possible that that has happened. I need you to, but 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 it's over. That's enough. <laughs> we're 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 veering toward a uh-huh. new podcast called Hank Green Relives High School. Yeah, I'm done. All right, Hank. We have another question from Roe, who writes, "Dear John and Hank, I have TMPB, too much peanut butter. What do I do?" <laughs> 
Well, Ro, in this respect, it turns out that you are rather like the center of the earth. Mm-hmm. Also, according to Hank, has too much peanut butter. I recently purchased a couple large jars of Jif Extra Crunchy Peanut Butter, but now it has been recalled, so I can't Ooh, eat it. Yeah. What are the other potential uses for this peanut butter? I feel like you could probably just stick a wick in it and make a candle, right? <sighs> Can you really? That, that's got to work, maybe. Maybe. Can you really? No. Do you really almost, think so? Uh, no, almost. No, definitely not. If you had the okay. kind that like got the oil on top, you could probably dip that a dip, dip a wick in that and burn that oil. But maybe not Jif, not Jif extra crunch. That stuff all got all the emulsifiers in it, so you're gonna have to yeah. pull the oil out. Um, uh, look, look, look! Your peanut butter has been recalled. I'm not gonna tell you to do anything with it. I'm worried for your health and safety. I was gonna maybe yeah. say like a mask, like a sleep mask. Uh, but that but maybe, might get in your mouth. Get, maybe you'll get facial salmonella, which sounds horrible. It does sound bad. Also, in general, it probably isn't healthy to put a bunch of peanut butter on your face. And difficult yeah, to get Yeah, I off. did it. I did it a bunch of times, and it's never as fun as you think it's going to be. <laughs> Wait, why did you do it a bunch? Oh, never mind. I used to do it for, it used to be a Vlogbrothers in-joke. <laughs> Like it got, peanut it, butter dripping off yeah, my face every single so project amazing. frosting. And every the, single time I'd be like, my face is like a little bit swollen. Like, I don't think I'm allergic to peanut maybe, butter. But maybe but my, my face my skin is. Yeah. Yeah. The, oh, um, interesting. The, what, what always surprised me about that was the melting point of peanut butter, obviously, is uh, right around human body temperature. So it Ugh. just started out being sort of manageable. But then as time goes on, it just gets it just very drips. shiny and yeah. wet. Yeah, it just starts to like drip down your face. It's you so gross. So Nobody don't do that, that, bro. I might, and this is, um, I might throw it away. If it has salmonella in it <laughs> yeah. and it doesn't work as peanut butter, yeah. I don't think this is a situation where you can be like Corey and invite somebody over to have your potentially salmonella-ish peanut butter while you watch. I think you've got to throw it away. <laughs> well, is salmonella one of the ones that it gets okay if you heat it up? Could you boil the peanut butter? <laughs> Just, just, so it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Run it through the Brita. Run it through a filter. <laughs> just get all the salmonella out. Yeah, yeah. And then when you get salmonella poisoning and you're having to like explain it to the local health authorities when you're in the hospital, you can be like, I don't know, man. Hank and John told me to just boil it. <laughs> So I went to a website, it's called 12 Things to Do with a Jar of Peanut Butter, and you will be unsurprised to find that every single one of them is a delicious edible treat. It's right, not like, yeah, It's not, not like, a lot of... strip the paint off your car. No, it's like not in there. It's just, it's just like pie, little dessert bars, a smoothie, cookies, some pad thai. Yeah, I mean, you can't even like... John, do you know about the time that I almost died? I know about a few times. Uh, with peanut butter, the, the peanut butter one. I didn't know that you, you almost died of peanut butter. Well, I I, I walked into my uh, girlfriend, whose name is Catherine, and is now my wife. I walked into her. I was going to say you've only had only ever had one real girlfriend. <laughs> walked into her apartment, and um, uh, nobody's around, and so I yeah. uh, go to the kitchen where there's food, and on the counter there's some cookie dough, and I'm like, I'm going to have some of this. <laughs> Yeah. Which you're not supposed to do, but like, hey. Um, yeah, everybody does anyway. And then her roommate comes out and she's, she says, Hank, did you eat that? And I said, no. Yeah. Because why? <laughs> of course not. I would <laughs> never do that. <laughs> why would I eat just random cookie dough? That's clearly not mine. I don't know whose it is. 
And also, that there's maybe raw terrible. eggs in it. That would that would be bad bad form all around. And they're like, yeah. no, seriously, did you eat some of that? And yeah, I you were like, I, maybe a little. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. It wasn't. It wasn't good. Just so you know, it's pretty bad. And like, I don't like. I don't know who's doing what, but like, that's probably we shouldn't make those cookies because either it's not done. Or it's something went wrong. And they were like, yeah, that's because that's for killing the ants. Oh, God. <laughs> because it because it's peanut butter mixed with ant poison. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, my so God. I, Did I you have to then, go to the hospital? No, I was. I, we just sort of like left me under observation for a little while. Um, mm. But I was fine. Well, I'm glad that you were okay, but don't. don't so maybe clear, you can use it to kill the ants. If you're trying to kill something, maybe that's when it makes sense to use the salmonella Tainted peanut, peanut butter. butter. Yeah. Yeah. But short of that, I don't think that I would use it personally. I think there's nothing. Um, to, I think it's, I think that you have to say to yourself, this darn world. Uh, did I ever. But at least I, we know when we're about to be poisoned, whereas people in the past just ate it. That's right. Did I ever tell you? about the time that I almost died from ingesting peanut butter. No. Well, I don't think this story is for the podcast, but I'll tell it real quick. I just told Hank the story of my experience with getting really sick from eating yeah. peanut butter, which is I, unrepeatable. I, I have told everyone that it's it's not allowed, but it's not because of how gross it is, which it is quite gross, but because there's people involved <laughs> who have not yeah, consented yeah, yeah. to being in the story. Totally. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. There's Yes, there's people who probably wish to be removed from John and Hank peanut butter discourse, and they have that right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's good, good for you and Tuna. Glad you and Tuna got this story. Um, anyway, that reminds me, Hank, that today's podcast is brought to you by Hank Green. He'll eat anything. He will. He will. I, I, <laughs> people just... My friends sometimes call me a garbage can. Yeah, Give it to Hank. He's the, a garbage can. Of all the people with ulcerative colitis, he's uh, the one who will eat anything. I just love food. It's so yeah. good. This podcast is also brought to you by The Clash Course. <laughs> Clash Course. Gloves on, glasses off. <laughs> uh, and of course, in addition to being brought to you by Hank Green... The mean green fighting machine, the jolly green giant, the um, green bean from uh, Missoula scene. From the, from um, the Missoula scene. Oh, that's it. The green bean from the Missoula scene. Today's podcast is also brought to you by John Green, the bespectacled spectacle. John Green, the bespectacled <laughs> spectacle. It's been all downhill from there, John. I don't know why we kept making a podcast. This pos- po- po- this pop but this popsicle was also popsicle brought to you. Also by- comes to you from <laughs> from Gene, who I got a message to them in my yearbook, and I never noticed it until now. I'm sorry, Gene. I should have let you know a message from well. whoever that was. Hope, Hope you're well, Gene. Well. Never change. We also have a Project for Awesome message from Sajin to Kobe. I've always wanted to get a shout out to embarrass you like a good sibling. Thank you for introducing me to Vlogbrothers all those years ago. Though looking back, Hank humping things in Missoula is a weird introduction. And thank you for being a yeah. great brother and friend. Maybe someday we'll start our own Dear Hank and Jod podcast clone where you can talk about Nintendo news and I can talk about something? Love, Sajin. That's so beautiful. And the only thing that I would add to it is have y'all considered a sibling boxing match for charity? Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, this is what, uh, John, it's what people way, want. Uh, no, it was perfect. That was perfect, Hank. That was super helpful. If you want to know what it's like to talk to Hank on the phone, it's like that. I was that getting the, the next question ready. That is I was the getting pause. the next question ready. I, I don't, Hank, first off, I don't doubt that you're getting the next question ready. You're an amazing person and podcast partner. Yeah. I'm just saying that everyone can tell. <laughs> I think that you don't know that everyone can <laughs> Oh, I can know tell. people can tell. <laughs> so we all know there are things in life that you have to compromise on, but there are two things that you shouldn't compromise on. One is name brand Dr. Pepper. The off-brand stuff just doesn't hit the same. And another is, of course, your health. So don't go back to that one doctor who uses your appointment to catch up on the latest headlines or their family group chat or the crossword puzzles just because they're available right now or take your slightly sketchy insurance. Instead, check out ZocDoc, the place where you can find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your health. And you can search by location, availability, and insurance. So literally, no compromises here because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you know. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, are located near you, and treat basically any condition you're searching for. And the typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between 24 and 72 hours. So go to ZocDoc.com slash DearHank and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash DearHank. ZocDoc.com slash Dear Hank. Sometimes I like to imagine the world after us, the strange mammals that will emerge, the abundance of biodiverse plant life taking over our fields and factories and so on. I don't think this world will be better. I maintain that we are the most interesting thing to happen on Earth, and there is real beauty and meaning in our curiosity and compassion even as we also cause and witness so much suffering. But at any rate, there will be a world after us, after each of us. And that's why there's life insurance. It exists to provide a financial safety net to those who love and count on you. Policy Genius's technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Policy Genius, because there will be a world without us. Yes. Now, this next question isn't a question. It's a, it's just a piece of news. It's from Addie, who says, Dear Hank and John, I'm about to move across the country, and my mother is flying out to help me drive. She and my dad are AAA members, and they are bringing me new triptychs for the drive. Oh. Whoa. Yeah. That's awesome. So they are there are still triptychs, which there are these are things triptychs. you can get from AAA, yeah. where they give you page-by-page instructions on how and to how make to your way through the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Page by page instructions on how to make your way through the world. Uh, is if, tri- if AAA would provide that for me, I would definitely be a member. Yeah. Who, who can, who can make, who can make that for me? Just tell me how to make the hard decisions. 
It's like there's construction coming up. There's a bit of a traffic jam ahead. Yeah, right. There's Here, a so I there was a thing on t- TikTok where people were sharing their surprisingly deep quotes from unlikely sources, and I quoted that great. Mm-hmm. Um, Nintendo quit screen line that T. Michael Martin used in his book, The End Games. The line is, uh, everything not saved will be lost. Yeah. And somebody somebody in the comments quoted, said that their senior quote in their yearbook was from Google Maps. Um, and it was something like, uh, there, there is unexpected traffic ahead, but you are still on the right path. <laughs> like, <laughs> so perfect. <laughs> It's so, ideal. Yeah. That is that, great. that is what I want to have whispered to me all the time. There uh-huh. may be unexpected traffic ahead, but you are still on the fastest route. Yeah. Oh, <sighs> goodness. Hank, it's been a great week for Anonymous. We've got another question from Anonymous who writes, Dear John and Hank, I would like to remain anonymous for this question in case someone from my family is listening. I am 14 years old, which is peak. I'm afraid everyone I know is listening. But <laughs> I remember being 14. It was probably the hardest thing I've ever had to do. Um, (laughs) My cousin has a Switch and a PS4. Mm -hmm. How do I learn to be grateful to God for what I have? What are some good ways to earn money for a 14-year-old? DFTBA, anonymous. So two questions here. (laughs) One is, how do I learn to be grateful for what I have instead of focusing on others Mm -hmm. have? And the second question is, how do do I I make some money so I can get that, that Switch? Yeah. So first of all, what you need to know is you probably didn't even need to anonymize this because the number of people who are in this situation who have your exact name is probably pretty big. Because uh, Almost a lot of everyone people, has this problem. Well, yeah. But even the specific situation of not having a Switch and a PS4, whereas somebody else nearby has both. Um, yeah. It is a- And they uh, probably don't even use it that much, you know? Like think, it's probably, And they don't think about how good it is to have them. It's just like oxygen to them. Yeah, John has a gaming system, and when I was there last, I played a lot of this Spider-Man game um, yeah. that I think about all the time because I didn't get I've, to beat it. I haven't played it since you were here. I know, I know, that's I, exactly the situation. I got other stuff going on. I want to play that game so bad. I want to go to Indianapolis just to play that Spider-Man game. <laughs> it was so fun. Yeah, so so, th- so Anonymous, like this is not only a problem of 14-year-olds. And this is not only a problem that you have. This is a problem that Hank has right now. And <laughs> it's really, really common. And I have it. Sarah always makes fun. There, so there are moments when like, I mean, I always have this problem, but there are moments where it becomes really uh, public. Mm. So when they were, <laughs> I don't even know if I can tell the story. It's so bad. It's like, <laughs> it's like that story, that mortifying story about Hank we can't tell. Um, so Sarah has this line where she'll, in, in all kinds of situations, if I'm, acting like ungrateful or untitled, mm-hmm. or even if someone else is acting ungrateful or entitled, mm-hmm. Sarah will say, Scott Westerfeld got to see eight models because when they were designing the cover of Paper Towns, they <laughs> they really wanted somebody's face to be on it. And they uh-huh. only showed me, they only showed me a choice of two faces. Oh my God. <laughs> Can we tell that story? Is it too bad? Oh no, that is that has to stay in. Oh god. I love that so like I love that so much. Because like t- like book titles are so book covers are so the thing that like none of us have uh, any right to complain about cuz like who gets right. to have a book cover? Right, right, right. You're so but lucky to have a cover. But when it's happening to you, you're like, "Why on earth would they show me this monstrosity?" Yeah. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. It's do they it's not so understand personal. what I'm trying to do with this book? It's, yes, that that it, it is so personal, and it also feels yeah. like the first work of fan art that is made about your book, and probably the only work of fan yeah, yeah, art that will sure. be made about your book. Yeah. And so, uh-huh. if they if you feel like they didn't get the book, it's like really hurtful because you're like, oh, so the first person who read the book who isn't my editor, like, yeah. doesn't doesn't like it or doesn't get me, yeah. and. I, I think that's part of it. So my only point is that this is a universal human phenomenon. Yeah. And and it's okay and normal to be envious of your cousin who has a PS4 and a Switch. That is super annoying. And I am also annoyed about it, even though yeah. I have a PS5. And <laughs> not Rub to make it, it worse for you, Anonymous. Sorry. Jeez. Sorry. And I... But I, I never got to, I only got to see two models for the, no, um, <laughs> just move on from that. But what I think works is to focus on what you have, because if you focus on what you don't have, there will always be stuff you don't have. I know people who have all of the video game systems and spend no time thinking about how great that is because they spend all their time thinking about the things they don't have, which are legion. Yeah. And so- I, I the way gratitude development works for me is by focusing on what can I be grateful for today. Like all through the pandemic, Sarah and I kept gratitude journals. We got our gratitude journals from Kurtz Gazat, and we kept these gratitude journals and we would just write little things that we were grateful for each day and it really really helped me. Yeah. So that's my that's my honest advice. Yeah, I like to I like to to like sit in a place and think about all of the things around that people did, um, whether they did them a thousand years ago or within the last 24 hours, uh, that people did that are responsible for the the things around that I have. Um, so that can be hot water, you know, it can be all the people who were involved in, in getting water to my house and also the you know, natural gas to my house to heat that water. And I, because I want that water, I like, cause it's a, a amazing luxury to be able to have a hot shower. Hank, it is time for the all important news from Mars and AFC Wimbledon. So as you will recall, I'll start. AFC Wimbledon has a new manager whose name is Johnny Jackson. Oh, I thought I was going to be Cleo. No, it's the most, just think of the most American, think of a name you cannot help but say in an American accent, and that is his name. Johnny Jackson. You got it? Johnny Jackson. There you go. Um, Johnny and, Jackson, Johnny uh, Jackson, Johnny Jackson, Johnny Jackson. <laughs> get it in and, there. And since- um, I've already completely forgotten about the other guy. He's out. I don't care. He's no, gone. it's all about John, it's all about Johnny Jackson head. now. Also, I probably didn't remember, like know it even in when it was happening. I forgot it before I needed to. Uh, so, uh, Johnny Jackson has had his critical two first signings. One is Alex Woodyard, our captain last season, who was also one of our best midfielders, and he's signed a two-year contract. That's great. We're going to have him around. Yeah. Uh, and also, we have made our first summer signing, thirty-two-year-old. Central defender Alex Pierce, who has all the experience that we lacked last season. Yeah, sure, he's a little older. Maybe he's slowed down a bit, but he's got the. He, hopefully, he's a wily veteran type of character. So, 
I'm hopeful that obviously we're going in a very different direction. We emphasized like youth and our academy last season didn't quite work out. So this time we're going to be working with some more experienced players, which I think will hopefully give us that um, a little bit of the you need a bit of cynicism. You need to not be too ideological or or too idealistic when it comes to um, getting out of the fourth tier of English football or for that matter, staying in the fourth tier of English football. And so I'm all for like an experienced central defender who knows how to slow down the game when necessary and perhaps hold on to one of the 12 leads that we gave away in the last 20 games of the (sighs) season. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, because you lost so many games, you didn't have a lot of comebacks. You had a lot. We had no comebacks. Oh wow! But Uh. we had twelve leads in twenty games, and we didn't win any of them. Dang! So that has that has to change. That's a you just need the well. Can you end the games earlier? Well, Hank, we still have not won a game in twenty twenty two. Could you well? So, could you talk to the refs and be like, "Can we end this one at thirty minutes?" <laughs> you got to blow the whistle. First goal wins. First goal wins. <laughs> that's that's the AFC Wimbledon way. <laughs> Score a goal. Walk off the pitch. It's over. Well, this week in Mars news, winter is coming to the northern hemisphere of oh. Mars, and oh. because of Mars's orbit, this is the first winter that the Ingenuity helicopter is going to have to deal with, which means that there's a lot of uncertainty about how well the helicopter is going to fare. So as winter mm. approaches, the helicopter's solar panels are going to be getting less sun because of the shorter days, more frequent dust storms, and also just the angle at which the sun will be hitting the solar panels. Plus, sure. a good chunk of the battery power toward uh, goes towards heating the helicopter, so the colder it gets, the uh, the more the heating has to do this stuff. This has already caused some problems and recently NASA lost contact with the helicopter for two days because the battery didn't last long enough. So NASA is preparing Mm. for winter by slowing down the Ingenuity's flights and focusing on transferring uh, flight performance logs and updating software. In the meantime, they're also planning to use the heater less conserve the helicopter's battery given that winters on mars can get as low as negative 112 degrees fahrenheit whoa there's a chance that turning off the heaters will damage the electronics but if the helicopter can last climate models suggest that the solar energy levels could be back up by september or october also it's worth noting that this is all a very exciting problem to have because it's the result of the fact that the ingenuity helicopter is still active which was not planned on being So it's just doing much more than it was originally supposed to do. So the fact that uh, we've been able to get it this long is excellent. And now they're planning on how to try and extend the lifetime of the mission even further. So it's a cold winter, but it's a short winter. Yeah, I mean, the the coldest part of the winter is short. It's, you know, the the winter is the same length uh, because, wait, the winter on Mars is is technically even longer because it has a, a longer year. Right. So like both winter and summer are longer. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Winter on Mars. Winter that does Mars. not sound like a good party to me. 112 degrees <laughs> below zero Fahrenheit. But, you know, I mean, I guess Elon goes where Elon wants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, John, thank you for making a podcast with me. If, if everybody, thank if you. you want 
to send us questions, without which we don't have a podcast. You can send them to hankandjohn at gmail.com. We appreciate yep. all of you for doing that. We're off now to record our Patreon-only podcast, This Week in Stuff, over at patreon.com slash dearhankandjohn. We also get access to monthly conversations with Hank and me where we talk about boxing. Talk probably more honestly than we should. <laughs> podcast is edited by Joseph Tuna Medishitz, produced by Rosiana Hals Rojas. Our communications coordinator is Julia Bloom. Our editorial assistant is Deboki Chakravarti. And the music you're hearing now, the music you're hearing now is the music you're hearing now. And at the beginning of the podcast is by the great Gunnarola. And as they say in our hometown, don't forget to be, to be awesome. awesome.